Good morning. Welcome to church. I have a message entitled Divine Reset. 2021, the year the church got reset. So I'm reading from Leviticus chapter 25. I know you all love Leviticus. Chapter 25, it's not an easy reading book, but it's the Word of God, and there's, there's good stuff in here. Leviticus 25, verse 8 to 12. And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, and the time of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be to you forty nine years. Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land, and you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. That 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine, for it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you, and you shall eat its produce from the field. So the year of jubilee, jubilee uh, comes from the word jubilation or joyful celebration. So God had ordained every 50 years... Uh, for the nation of Israel to celebrate him in a special way and to joyfully celebrate. And there was a few things that was very significant in the Jubilee year. But before we go into that, uh, in God's calendar for Israel, every seven years uh, was a Sabbath year. And during that Sabbath year, the land uh, was ordained to have a rest and the people were to rest. Uh, just, as, just as God made the world in six days on the seventh day, he rested. God had ordained this rest for mankind that we should work six days and on the seventh day rest. Uh, but on a bigger scale, uh, man was to work for six years and the seventh year was to be a year of rest. And this is God's... Uh, a divine reset system uh, for, for mankind. Um, the Jewish nation had trouble resting and many of them were, were high achievers in their farming communities and they struggled to put the tools down for a whole year. And I, I had a similar experience myself 
uh, this year as I, I will go into, if the Lord allows me. However, uh, every seven, seven years, seven times seven, 49, was to be a rest. But also the following year, the 50th year, was to be a jubilee rest. So it was a double rest. It was two years. It was ordained by God for two years uh, that they, they were not to work. Uh, but they were to trust God uh, that he would meet their needs throughout that year. So if we look closely uh, in these verses we just read, we see that uh, God had a calendar for his people and there was meant to be counting the seven Sabbaths so that they didn't miss a Sabbath rest on the 49th year and they also entered into uh, the Jubilee rest on the 50th year. And uh, in verse 9, the Lord says that you shall... Blow the trumpet of the Jubilee on a particular day, on the 10th day of the seventh month, on the Day of Atonement. And we know this Day of Atonement uh, was the day uh, Yom Kippur, which was uh, Yom in Hebrew means day, Kippur means cleansing or atonement. And it was the one day that the high priest once a year would go into the most holy place with the blood of sprinkling and he would cover or cleanse the nation of Israel for the sins for the year. And so after the high priest uh, entered into the most holy place, into the very presence of God, uh, he, would, he would indicate to the nation of Israel, if he came out alive, this would indicate to them that the sacrifice of blood had been accepted and the nation's sins had been cleansed. And if they saw him come out alive, then there was to be a blowing of the trumpet throughout the land. And this was a signifying the Day of Atonement. And in the 50th year, it signified the year of Jubilee. And so they had a choice. Uh, when they heard the trumpet, they could either continue in their plans, in their work, or they could put down the tools and enter into this Jubilee rest. Uh, secondly, we see uh, that those who are outside of their homeland, those who had left their homeland, were to return back home. So it was a restoration of families and it was a restoration of lands. So in those days under the law of Moses, if a family had trouble paying off a debt or went into financial situation uh, where they were unable to recover from a debt then they had to give one of their children as a slave to the debtor. So every 50th year, there was to be freedom uh, for slaves. And uh, we know that families were restored during this time. And uh, we see that the Jubilee year was very significant. Uh, for the nation of Israel and it was a divine reset a divine rest that was ordained for
for God's people. Uh, in verse 12, we see that the Lord promised to feed them. Whatever the land produced of its own accord uh, would be their food for the year. And this was very different to that farming community because all they knew was that the labor that they put into their work uh, had a result. And the harder they worked, the more that they produced. But in this year of Jubilee, it was not the case. They were to rest in God. They were to put down their work. They were to put down their tools and what they knew up until that stage and rely upon the goodness of God. And this was a, a difficult lesson uh, for the nation of Israel, and they struggled. Um, Jewish history tells us that they really struggled in keeping uh, the Sabbath year, and they struggled to keep the Jubilee year because they were so dependent on the works of their own hands, and they lacked faith and trust in the goodness of God. So we see, but God has ordained for mankind every 50 years to have a jubilee. And most people would only experience a jubilee once in their lifetime. If they lived past 100, they may experience two jubilees, but it would be distant to their memory. And so it's very important. And uh, God has ordained a, a reboot system or a, a factory reset, just like, uh, you know, with the, the modern day uh, smartphone. Sometimes it gets overloaded with information, too many apps, too many things going on, and it just stops working. And usually the first method uh, to fix your phone is to turn it off, to give it a rest and by turning the phone off, you're clearing its, its uh, intellectual mind. <laughs> if that doesn't work, then the more serious method to reset your phone is to take it back to factory settings. And you wipe all of the unnecessary information. And like that, God has ordained a reboot system for mankind. Sometimes our life just gets so busy, our mind gets so full of possibly unnecessary things. And that's why God invites us uh, into this time of rest. And I was very interested uh, to look into the Jubilee this year as it's my 50th year on planet Earth. And I knew in my heart that 50 was very special uh, to God and I had some understanding about the day of Pentecost and I knew that 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the earth. Um, I knew that it was 50, 50 days, sorry, after, I believe after Jesus was crucified, the Holy Spirit was poured on the earth and I knew it was 50 days after the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea and were baptized. Fifty days later, they came, came to Mount Sinai uh, where the fire of God came down and the law of God was written in the hearts uh, of the people. And it's a type, the law of God uh, 
being scribed on two tablets as the Ten Commandments is a type of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a type and shadow of the, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, the very law of God gets inscribed in our hearts or the Word of God becomes in us. So I knew 50 was a special number in the Bible, but to be honest, I didn't really understand the purpose of Jubilee. I didn't understand, so, so I looked into it, and, and God began to speak to me regarding my own life and the last two years of my life, and, and also just recently, uh, the church. And uh, we know that, that for the first time in human history, the church around the globe has been stopped. It's been shut down. And for, whether for good or for bad is a question that you, 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 I would encourage you to bring before the Lord. And not that uh, the, the real church can never stop. Jesus has committed himself to build his church. And he said the gates of hell will not prevail so the real church, the church that Jesus is building, has not been shut down, has not been stopped and can never be stopped because he's committed to, to finish that which he started. So be encouraged even though church is not meeting uh, in the way that we've known it in the past. I believe the church is growing now faster than it's ever grown before. Why? Because... Sometimes, you know, the biggest hindrance to farming is farming itself. You know, sometimes to explain, we just keep doing things in a routine way and we never stop to realize there may be a better way to do it. There may be a different way to do it. And when I stopped, when I was forced to stop working last year, it was then that God began to speak to me about some small changes that I could make in my business that would turn around a very big result. And I wonder if God has allowed religion or the organization of church to stop so that we can make some small changes to bring about a bigger result. So that is what I've been praying through this week. So when the jubilee sounded, when the sound of the horn was blown, and when the ram's horn was sounded, for, for the children of Israel, it was either business as usual or it was stop what you're doing and start trusting God. And we know... We have this thing in the world today called the midlife crisis. And this midlife crisis is very foreign to me. But I was quite amused when I did some research about what it is. And I found out uh, that the midlife crisis that mankind uh, faces, you know, some, somewhere in the middle of uh, their life, has to do with either overachievement, or underachievement is very much focused on a dissatisfaction of the self-life. And I would like to point out that if we don't enter into the rest that God has ordained for us in our midlife, 
then we could be in for a crisis. And could it possibly be that God has allowed his church to enter into a time of rest so that we don't end up in a crisis or so we don't lose focus on what we're meant to be focused on. So it's during the Jubilee, God wants to show us that he is the one that blesses us because he's good, not because of our own uh, good works even though they may be very good. So Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, after he had gone through the temptation of the enemy in the wilderness, he came to to Nazareth, Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 20, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, or so on the day of rest. And he stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight. To the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord uh, may not mean much to you, but to the Jewish community in those days that spoke about the year of Jubilee. And even though when Jesus entered the temple, we do not know if it was a year of Jubilee. The Bible doesn't tell us. But when Jesus entered into the temple on that Sabbath day, he was proclaiming to all those who heard that the year of Jubilee is about to start. Verse 20, he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant. In other words, all that I needed to be here for has been said. Everything that needed to be read on that day had been read. And Jesus sat down. He sat down. And we see the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Very important verse. The eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. No man had ever read the prophecy of Isaiah with such power, with such authority, and no doubt the presence of God filled the room. And I imagine Jesus just sitting down and pin silence filling the room as he declared the year of Jubilee is to start. It was like the ram's horn. On the Day of Atonement being blown throughout the land. And the eyes of all were fixed on Jesus. And as he sat down, he spoke very quietly. Today, today, this word is fulfilled in your hearing. 
today this word. So Jesus brought confusion to, to the religious men who thought the Jubilee had to do with the calendar year. But Jesus came with something different. The Jubilee year starts when he turns up, when eyes and ears are open to him. Because we see in verse 17, Jesus located himself in the word of God. And this is where each of us must come to, where we locate ourselves in the word of God, where we search the scriptures and we find where is my life fit? How do I fit into God's word? How do I fit into God's prophetic decree that will never be removed? Such a powerful word that Jesus found himself, located himself in the book of Isaiah and began to speak about the coming Jubilee. So we see Jesus proclaimed freedom. The freedom that everyone was looking for. The freedom that everyone was longing for. And they thought it was coming through a calendar year. But they realized that day that the Jubilee came through the presence of Jesus. And we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, that all of the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. All of God's promises, the promise of freedom, the promise of Jubilee is yes and amen only in Jesus. And then it says that he has given us a deposit of his spirit in our hearts as an inheritance, as a guarantee. So the deposit of the Holy Spirit in our hearts is a guarantee that jubilee has started, that freedom has started and will never be taken away. So from the moment Jesus stood up in the temple that day and declared that jubilee was here, it has never stopped so we, through revelation and through declaration, we have the opportunity to encounter Jubilee. No longer because of a religious observation or because of Christian tradition or Jewish tradition or whatever faith or whatever religion you're into. Freedom comes through revelation of the word of God and through proclamation. When we understand his promise and we proclaim it in our lives, we receive it. Remember when John, a few chapters later, and uh, we see John was in prison. He was imprisoned for his faith. And in prison, he's, he was doubting whether Jesus was the promised one. And he sent his disciples to Jesus and said, go and ask him, are you the promised one or do we look for another? And Jesus sent them back and said, go tell John the things that you see and the things that you hear. He didn't answer 
John, he didn't say, yes, I am. He said, go and see the things that you see in here. And what was it that, that they saw and heard? They saw the blind receiving their sight. They saw the deaf ears opening. They saw the lame walking. They saw the promised jubilee. And they saw that the dead were raised up and the poor had the gospel preached to them. The poor had... Uh, the richness of the word of God proclaimed to them. So Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of Isaiah and the prophecy of Daniel. We see Jesus in Isaiah 49. It speaks about the, the, there's going to come a man into the world that's going to proclaim to the prisoners, go free. And it's only in Jubilee that the slaves are made free. So the, the year of Jubilee was given a few different names in the Word of God. It was the year of God's acceptance. It was a year of God's release. And it was a year of God's favor. It's a year of God's acceptance because those who were away were accepted back uh, to their original Land. Those who had lost their original inheritance were able to return to it. Those who had been away from family were brought back into family. Those who had been rejected were accepted during the Jubilee year. It was a year of release because slaves were set free. If you had a slave in those days, you had to set them free and let them go back uh, to, to their families. And it's a type of how Jesus came to set those who are caught in sin, in slavery to sin, they were set free from such bondage. They were set free from the slavery. Not only were they, we, we've been released from, from a life of slavery to sin, but we've been released from the debt of sin, which is the guilt that has, that has a, come along as an evil partner to sin. So not only have we been freed uh, from the cruel tyranny of the devil and the slave master, we've been set free from the guilt uh, associated with it. So the year of God's favor, favor is an interesting word in the Hebrew language. It's, uh, it, the word is kanan and it is uh, for a superior to bow, bend or lean in kindness. In the direction of someone who is knowingly inferior. So to show favor to someone was for a superior one to bow, bend or lean in kindness. In the direction of someone who is knowingly inferior. And that sounds awfully like the gospel. It sounds to me like the Lord Jesus Christ is the superior one who came into the world to bow towards us, to lean towards us in kindness, in our direction, who even though we were undeserving. And this was a beautiful thing about the year of Jubilee. It was a year of God's favor. It was a year of God's mercy. It was a year of God's restoration. And this is what Jesus came to reveal to mankind. So even though we may not be deserving, he's, he's chosen to bless us. Even though we, 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 we may not deserve it, 
We may not deserve the blessing of God. We may not deserve the mercy of God. We may not deserve the favor of God. It is a year of jubilee and it is ours through revelation and proclamation. So in the year of jubilee, we are called into this divine rest. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me. Come to me and come to understand the year of freedom. Come to understand the year of God's acceptance. Come to understand the year of God's favor. Come to me, all you. So there is no limitations. There is no judgment on who comes, but all are invited to come. All those who are strangers, all those who are slaves, all those who are caught in in bondage, you are to to come, come, all you that labor and heavy laden, all those who are laden under the, the cruel tyranny of the enemy, those who are burdened in their working life, those who need a rest, come to me. Those who are heavy laden, come and I will give you rest. Jesus promises to be your jubilee. Jesus promises not only to be your seven-year Sabbath, he, he promises to be your Jubilee Sabbath. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. There's no one so gentle as Jesus. There's no one so lowly as Jesus. You will find... The rest that you've been longing for. If we don't enter into Jesus, our jubilee, we will never find rest. We can go on a nice holiday and lie on a desert island and you can rest your body, you can rest your mind, but you will never find complete rest outside Christ. God has ordained Jesus to bring the Sabbath rest into our lives. Psalm 40 verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. Waited patiently and I believe we need patience as we wait upon Him. We need to be still. God is to enter into His rest. I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined he inclined to me. We need to stop the noise, stop the clatter every day. Come into his presence and know him. Wait for him patiently. He longs for us to wait on him so that he can incline to us. In the midst of Psalm 46, verse 6, in the midst of of this stillness, in the midst of this rest, we see the nations are raging. The kingdoms are moving. We see that going on in the world. Outside the rest of Christ, outside the Jubilee year, there is much noise, there's much confusion, there's much raging. Everyone has an opinion. The Lord invites us to be still, Psalm 46, verse 10, and know that I am God. Be still and know in the midst 
of the raging, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the noise, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. We know the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth belongs to him and he will have his way. So he's inviting us to enter into his rest. Even during a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was I was praying regarding some issues at church and and planning, making some plans and thinking, thinking along those lines. And the Lord just rebuked me, he gently rebuked me, and he said to me, Do you do you think I need you? And I was like just silenced before his presence because I realized that he doesn't need me. He doesn't need my plans. He doesn't need my purposes because his purpose prevails. He will be exalted among the nations and he will build his church. And these are the days where man's Effort is coming to nothing. And it's my prayer that he would be exalted in my life. and That he would be exalted in Harvest Time Church. So these days, as we're ending lockdown, let it not just be business as usual. Let's hear the sound of the ram's horn. What is the Spirit of the Lord discerning? And as church goes back uh, after the 1st of December, is it just going to be church as usual or are we going to learn? We, you know, I've been asking the Lord, Lord, if you want to take this lockdown further, if, if, if we haven't learned what we've needed to learn from you, then maybe, maybe we need to go further. I don't know. But God is able to turn this whole thing around in one day. But for whatever reason, he hasn't. So let's just not be foolish and just carry on the way that we were doing things. But let's draw close to his heart and hear his voice, what he says. He wants us to know uh, during this lockdown season, during this uh, jubilee time, he wants us to know that his hand is upon us to bless us. His hand is upon us for good and not for evil. And, um, you know, my heart goes out to you if you've lost uh, employment, if you've lost a, a job. Um, you know, those, these times are not easy for some people. But know this that he promises to bless those who trust in him. He promises for those who trust in him will never go hungry. So in the Jubilee year, the children of God uh, were to experience his goodness and his provision uh, 
just through what was given to them from the land uh, that wasn't cultivated by man. So whatever the land produced on its own accord was, was enough for their food uh, for that year. So maybe God wants us to realize, even though your, your work may be good and your skills may be well developed, maybe he just wants us to trust in him, not in our own good works. Maybe he wants to bless us, not because of our work, even though it may be good, but just because he's a good God. And he's a God of favor, and he's leaning towards us. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of compassion. Maybe when our own work stops, we come to know his goodness even more. And how... Does that I relate that not only to my own working life but also to church? Maybe when the noise of church stops, even the noise of of music, I say music because worship can never stop and should never stop, and we should continue worshiping. But when when the noise of organized religion stops, maybe we're invited into his presence. Maybe we're invited to know him more intimately. Church will start again soon. Organized religion will start again soon. But let us have a more intimate view of God. Let us come to encounter him. Let us come to encounter his presence because of what we've known uh, in this rest season. So in the natural, I found in my own life after running a landscaping business for 30 years, there were things that I needed to change that I didn't realize until I stopped. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting when you go into some of the farming communities in different countries and you see the way they do things is just idiotic. You know, they, they burn the leftover crops instead of letting them lie and allowing the nutrients of those spent crops to replenish the soil. And, you know, there's things that we do out of routine uh, that we just continue doing things without ever making changes because we're just in the routine of doing things. And, and that's why I mentioned that farming is the biggest hindrance to farming because once you're involved in the process of farming, you know, it's a, it's a process of sowing and reaping and gathering and sowing and reaping and harvesting. And, you know, it's a continual cycle and one part of the cycle leads to the next part of the cycle. And it's not until you come to, to the Sabbath year and then the, 40, the seventh Sabbath year you enter into two years of rest that you can, you can consider God and you can consider maybe the way that you've been doing things is not the most efficient way. So could it be possibly that God has reboot, is rebooting his church? Is he resetting his church around the world that we can consider? Has the way we've been doing things in the past been pleasing to his heart? 
Are there changes? Are there small changes that we need to, to make to be more focused on His presence rather than just doing the routine thing because that's what we do? Is it possible that the biggest hindrance to church advancement in this century is the activity of church itself? Could God have possibly shut down the activity of church so that we can become more efficient at reaching the lost, so that we could hear what his heart is towards his people, so that we could be less filled with our own agendas and our own plans, so that we may be able to hear what is his agenda, what is his plan for the church in the next season. Maybe we are ill-equipped with our own wisdom and our own effort, our own good works, our own programs. Maybe we are ill-equipped to carry the harvest that is coming. Maybe he got, God wants us to rest in this season so that we can be prepared for the harvest of souls that is going to come into his kingdom in this next season. Are we going to hear his voice over all the agendas of man, over the social media? Maybe God is going to bring us into a into a place where we can honour him and we can honour one another. Billy Graham, a great evangelist, was quoted saying that if the Holy Spirit left the earth today, then much of church activity uh, would remain unchanged. In other words, he was asking the question to church leaders, if the Holy Spirit left the earth, would you continue doing the same things uh, that you are doing? And I believe God has led us in this season. It's taken us a while to realize. But should we just continue to replicate online what we did in person. You know, if God wants to reset us, if we just continue to replicate what we've been doing in church online so everyone can see and hear, then do we have a chance uh, to enter into rest? Do we have a chance to reboot? Do we have a chance to reconsider and I think it's around six weeks or so before we're six or seven weeks before we're meeting back in person. I want to encourage everybody who hears this message or listens to this message, just take a rest. Take a rest. Spend more time alone with God and and ask him regarding for direction for this next season in life. This is not God has given me a position as a pastor of this church, but this church is not dependent on me. I told the Lord the other day, if you, I'm ready to go. If you want to take me, I'm happy to go. If God wants to raise up somebody else to lead this church, then, then that's, that's all good. So it's not this Harvest Time Church is not dependent on myself or Holly or any one of my family members or any current leadership, it's completely, we need to give it to him. If he wants to rebuild it, if he wants to make changes, whatever. We've got a few weeks to really seek the heart of God 
as to how we will be when we come back uh, to church as we know it. There's a couple of things that I jotted down this morning that I believe is on God's heart as we look to returning um, back to, to worship, corporate worship. I believe we're to have a more focus on, on Jesus. It could involve more intense and longer worship sessions. Would you be ready for that? Would you be ready to be more focused on what God's heart is focused on? Would you be ready to be more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit? If we're not sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit now, then when organized religion goes back, is that going to change? God is calling us to reflect his heart to this world. I believe... We need to see more supernatural miracles, more signs and wonders taking place. We need to be more effective in reaching the lost. It's interesting to note uh, that the nation of Israel really struggled uh, to keep the Jubilee year. And I was thinking about this, and as a farmer... You know, you, you're looking out the window for an opportune time to sow seed. And when you see the rain coming and the weather patterns looking right, you naturally want to sow seed. And the temptation is to get out and begin to do what you know what to do. But that's where they needed patience, just to enter into rest. Just let God be God. And whatever the land produces, it produces. Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. One of the words that Jeremiah had towards the nation of Israel when they were uh, preparing for captivity into Babylon was that finally the land will have its jubilee rest. Finally, when the people were removed from the land, the land enjoyed its rest. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. And the fullness thereof. The Lord is the fullness of the earth. He is the fullness of rest. And he had his way. The earth got its rest, but he had to remove the people. So maybe... In church, maybe the Lord wants to remove the people. Maybe he's removed us for a season so that he would be glorified, that he would be exalted. And I believe his church is growing. Many of us have encountered people that are hungry for God outside church and I might be wrong, but I feel like this year, 2021, is a year of, of church growth more than any other. <laughs> I think the Lord wants to prove to us that he's building his church, not our plans and programs and our agendas. 
May his agenda be our agenda. May his plan be our plan. May his program be our program in this next season. So what the devil meant for bad, the Lord is turning around for good. I'm going to finish there and and encourage uh, you to tune in next week. I think the Lord has spoken some other things into my heart regarding church and the return back in this next season. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for giving us Jesus. And I ask that all who heard this uh, message today would just surrender right now. Surrender to you. Lord, I surrender uh, my plans, my agenda, even as a pastor. We give you this church. We give you Harvest Time Church. We say it's your church. Do with it what you will. We want to be your representatives on the earth. Lord, we just don't want to just do things because that's the way we've done them before. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I ask that you would download, Lord, uh, instructions. Give us instructions, even as, as church leaders. You would instruct us regarding the next season. Help us to hear your voice, to be led by you. Amen. Uh, just a word of encouragement before we finish. I uh, was doing some door knocking yesterday in some of the housing commission areas and there was one lady that was very happy when she came to the door that she received a, a parcel uh, about four weeks ago with a scripture on it, I think Numbers chapter 23, and it really touched her heart and brought her to tears because I don't believe she's um, she's a Christian as we know it. Um, there, I noticed there was some uh, different uh, Buddhas and things in her house, but she's definitely God is drawing her. And so whoever wrote that note from uh, Numbers 23, be encouraged uh, <laughs> because God has his treasures there behind closed doors. And that lady was really blessed. And for those of you that have been coming here and writing prophetic notes and putting it in the food parcels, um, no word of God returns without uh, producing something, uh, without producing life. And she was really blessed by that verse. And God is moving in her heart. So, yeah, word of encouragement. Someone keep going. Church is not open, but it... It is open. We, we are free to, to go and love people and love his presence. God bless you.